Greetings, fellow space cadets. I'm Allison E., and this is Ethereal Odyssey. This podcast explores cross-cultural archetypes, self-development, and how the psychedelic experience has shaped our world. Because, let's face it, the majority of our psychedelic education probably came from vague descriptions in D.A.R.E. class, drug dealers, or paranoid media outlets. So it's time to change the narrative and give the power back to the people while we explore our own ethereal odyssey. Let's see, news and announcements. I got so much great feedback from the last Psychedelic Experiences episode that I wanted to do my next as quick as I possibly could. I had so much fun with my dear friend, Abby. I met them from roller derby, actually, I want to say almost a year ago now, but I have no concept of time anymore. (laughs) So please forgive me, but I know you will love this next interview. Abby has such great insights and They have so much to bring to the table when it comes to these detailed type of experiences. Yeah, so go ahead and tune in. This is my interview with Abby Walter. Hey, Abby. Hey, Allison. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and we'll get started. Okay, awesome. Um, Well, my name is Abby. Um, I use they, them pronouns and I live in Athens, Ohio. Okay. And how old are you? I'm 31. Okay. Um, and how do you know me? (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, we met doing probably like the most awesome thing in the world. Um, playing roller derby. I think you gave me a ride in like your cop car that's not a cop car anymore that you totally <laughs> reclaimed as your own mm-hmm. yeah I'm I'm feeling a little like nostalgic because I sold that car when I made the move to Denver oh. and I'm kind of like sad about it but kind of like you know it, it had its time <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe someone else is getting some awesome news from it you know that's that's kind of what I'm telling myself at this point yeah Definitely. So tell me, um, what, what did you know about psychedelics before you, um, had exposure to them? Um, well, to be honest, I don't think I knew that much. I, I had a boyfriend at the time and I knew that he had kind of done acid a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. and I was like, I'm so curious, um, I knew that if you ate oranges, it makes you trip more. Mm. Is this tested, uh, via you? I think it was something I read on the internet and heard from friends. Hmm. I think I need to do more like testing of it. Cause I don't remember how true it was. You know what? There might be some sort of truth to that because I remember one time specifically taking mushrooms and mm-hmm. drinking orange juice. 
and mm. calling it sun juice or the juice from jaw and <laughs> totally tripping hard but could the have juice been the mushroom jaw yeah yeah not sure where it came from <laughs> wow yeah yeah um so there could be some real correlation there i just i never thought about that until just now i guess mm. that's awesome yeah so um what was that first experience like um not having much like a uh, prep for it like tell me about that I mean I was pretty nervous um but I was with a group of friends we had all decided to go to this music festival which so cliche but also so awesome and was the first time I'd ever done that mm-hmm. um and most of the people I was with had already done acid and like taken other psychedelics pretty good amount. So they were like really reassuring and helpful. And I was like close with everyone. My boyfriend was there and like a few of my best friends at the time. Um, so that was helpful. Mm. And how did you feel like coming up? Um, like coming up to your like plateau, I guess you would call it. So it was, it was sort of like, um, well, I mean, I can't exactly remember the plateau, but what I will speak to is sort of like how it was like throughout the trip like the things that I was sort of realizing and noticing Mm -hmm. so um it was like a festival that was put on by a band so it's kind of like their festival and Papadozio is their name they would play like three times throughout the weekend um and I feel like It was almost like, okay, so imagine in your mind that there's like this hallway mm-hmm. and the hallway's full of doors. And let's say that the doors are sort of like all of the ways you can see the world. So it's you know, one door that's open is like depth perception. Just you have to have that door open sometimes or like social cues, just all the ways that we kind of like run through our lives on autopilot a little bit. Mm-hmm. But on acid, I felt like, and even afterward, all these other doors were opened and they like stayed open. Hmm. It was like, my mind became so open that to this like reality that I'd never seen before. And I realized that I wasn't just like this random individual bloop but I actually was like part of this pretty vast web of interrelation. Mm, yeah, I love the way you put that. Thank you. Um, have you done much LSD? Um, I have a couple times. I will say the the trip between LSD and mushrooms um, and the other types of psychedelics 
I've done have definitely had like a different feeling. I loved it. Um, one of the benefits I felt is though if I felt the trip wasn't going in the direction I wanted it to, like I started letting like some sort of like mm. shadow or whatever creep in, I was I just could like snap my fingers and say, Nope, I'm not gonna go in that direction. We're gonna think of something else. We're gonna go mm. somewhere else. Um, I felt like I could easily control it in that sense um, as and I think the feeling of was much more like my a reflection of my perspective and how I was observing my like part in this vast like world as like other trips like especially with mushrooms I felt like it was much more of a spiritual based experience, almost mm. like, um, like I would say in parts, the ego dropped where I wasn't this, just this soul in a body. I was this mere vision within a whole landscape of, uh, thousands and millions of, ancestors and descendants and friends and acquaintances all mm-hmm. happening simultaneously um I hope that makes sense <laughs> yeah definitely I mean that's how I felt sort of with an ayahuasca experience that was a much more like spiritual container um but when you're talking about like the difference between LSD and mushrooms and everything, like they do feel different. It's like a different mm-hmm. energetic pathway in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I started to like become too anxious to do LSD. Also, like I kind of had like a big period where I was doing it sort of often. So, mm-hmm. so how do you, how did you feel coming down from that first trip? Well, it's interesting because I think certain things that I wasn't seeing, some of the doors that were opening um, was in relation to my relationship with my boyfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I Like throughout the trip, I didn't really want to be talking to him. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want him around, which you know, it was like probably really hard because we were both like tripping together. So we went back to the tent and we just weren't really getting along. And in the back of my mind, I hadn't really like realized this or accepted this on a conscious level, but I was like, I don't want us to be together like at all. Mm-hmm. And this was about the time that I was discovering my sexuality. Um, and that I kind of noticed in the trip a little bit too, kind of looking back. Um So it was like beautiful, but melancholy because we were sort of fighting. But I remember like being in the tent and hearing all the spiders on the tent and being scared, but also it was soothing. I love that. Like, I don't know, just that, that idea or that like vision of just like these tiny little feet on outside of the tent. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I can just imagine it being like, weirdly like asmr like (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah that's how it is in my mind still yeah oh that's so funny yeah spiders (laughs) right oh my gosh 
Yeah. Uh, it's funny because some of the things that maybe we're not like conscious of like come up in these trips and mm-hmm. especially the hard, brutal truths that like sometimes we don't want to admit until, you know, we come face to face with this. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So how um, do you, you want to talk about how like um, experiencing like psychedelics has like, how has that changed your life? Like for, you know, the good, the bad, you know, or just your outlook, I guess. Hmm. Well, the way that I view music and art is totally different. Mm-hmm. I really, I think it kind of opened up dancing for me. I used to be like very shy about dancing and not really like wanting to do it in front of people or being really worried that it was like, you know, I was doing it wrong. And while these things, I don't know, might feel kind of trivial in a sense, I, I feel just like, they like psychedelics have enriched my life in that way, helping Mm -hmm. me to like, I don't know, broaden my horizons. But I also feel like I, it's helped me become more compassionate and playful. Mm, I like that. You can't really like, harm somebody when you've had experiences that can see like how connected we all are yeah yeah there's definitely something that makes you want to like be a better person yeah maybe it's just like realizing that we're not just these individual people with individual choices is that all of our choices affect one another Mm -hmm. yeah um where was I going with this <laughs> um so you mentioned having an ayahuasca experience I'm I'm really curious to hear about that because I'm not sure if I know anybody uh that, or that has shared with me at least that has had an ayahuasca experience so tell me everything <laughs> okay I was gonna say what do you want to know but you want to know everything yeah okay so I First of friend... all, where were okay. you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I was in Portland, Oregon. Okay. Um, my friend from OU actually had moved out there a little before me, and we had been talking, and she was like, yeah, I started doing these ayahuasca ceremonies, and I was like, whoa, I want to do that. Like, I really want to do that. Because I think it was kind of drawing me in a little bit. Like, So I talked to the people. There's, like, the facilitators and they have to interview you. They ask like what your experience with these kinds of things are like, they're trying to gauge how you would be in an experience that is not linear and is very intention driven. Like there's points that would be really uncomfortable, but like it's in this container of intention and it's in this container of people that have a lot of experience in some regard. Mm-hmm. so after that um, everyone who was in it would get emails and you have to eat like a specific diet beforehand I don't know what do you know like what have you heard I'm curious 
Um, I have heard loosely about the diet and, um, I know that like there are some like places in the U S that are facilitating through, I think some sort of like religious means, I guess, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, Santa Daime. Yeah. Um, I don't know a ton. I know it is a couple different plants um, that work with one another um, mm-hmm. to be able to facilitate this. Um, I know that it can be quite intense uh, and there can be a lot of like purging out of like places you would not like want to be purging out of. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I know about ayahuasca? Um yeah, I know that it's it's one of those great medicinal plants that can help so many different people. But, you know, I agree at the same point where it's good that they're screening because you don't want to necessarily let anybody into those ceremonies who's not ready, who's not taking it seriously, who may have um, some sort of underlying um, mental health issues that have not been addressed yet. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that it would not help or, you know, whatever, maybe it could, but I feel like having everything on the table is super important. Mm -hmm. Um, go on. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what you said, a lot of that is really, at least from my experience, true. Um, I guess for people that are listening who don't know it, you're right. It's two plants that are combined and it it's native to um, like Brazil and Peru, I think just like the Amazon places in South America. Mm-hmm. So that piece actually comes in later, like in my experience with ayahuasca of being important, the fact that it's not from a culture that I'm a part of, which I'll mention later. Okay. Um, so the first time, I mean, it was like nothing I'd ever experienced. I was so nervous. You, you bring, you build yourself a nest and there's like maybe eight other people in this room. It was in their house and, um, there's, it's, there's like a big altar and you're welcome to bring things to put on the altar. You prepare your intention. I think mine was just to like, I don't even remember my first intention, maybe like listen to my heart deeper but later intentions I had were like how can I like feel less guilty for things um or like focusing on yeah so the first time it was like eight or nine people everyone brings like blankets a pad a yoga mat if you have one all these things to just make yourself comfortable because you're going to stay in your own space and there's most of the time in most circles, although I've heard of other ones that didn't do this and it was hard for people, but most of the time there's a rule of what's called like noble silence where you don't really talk. You're kind of having your own experience and there's music. Like the, one of the people who was facilitating was a musician. So she would play live music throughout the whole time. That was like really, you know, she had kind of, put it all together beforehand. Um, And they're there to like be with you to help clean things up. Cause um, that's why following the diet is pretty important. There's some things that are actually like really bad 
to do with the medicine. Um, Such as? Like having a lot of sugar, having a lot of spices. There's certain spices that I don't know how toxic they would be, but if you eat a lot of them beforehand, it could be really difficult for your system. Mm, Okay. Um, No sugar, no grains, no... The, like, day before, like, no, no salt, no, like, things that are sweet. It's basically just, like, raw veggies and maybe, like, all vegan. You, you don't really want to have a lot of meat and cheese beforehand. No alcohol, no weed, no other substances, no caffeine. I'm thinking I'm realizing how much I would struggle with this mm-hmm. <laughs> just with the diet uh, because my – I love salt and a pepper and pasta and butter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and butter. And butter. It's yeah. like one of my main food groups. <laughs> well, luckily, you'd only have to do it for about three days. It is a challenge. I mean, that's part of it to see, like, what comes up when I don't have these things. That's true how how do I feel not having them what do I notice in my body like what happens when I do have them because that could even be sort of a focus of your experience Mm -hmm. and then you kind of taper back into that diet when it's over Mm -hmm. but um that it is a big challenge yeah it was hard at first do you think that's like a big thing is to that diet almost helps you become more aware of your body at the time. Yeah. I mean, I would say so. I, I don't know if I was paying that much attention to all the things I was eating before that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it should be like, I've seen this in some circles of like prescribed as like, this is the ul- the ultimate diet thing Mm -hmm. like I don't agree with that and I don't think like ultimately being vegan wasn't healthy for me on a regular basis but Mm -hmm. um so with your ayahuasca experience what do you like remember or feel comfortable like touching on I remember um laughing the most I've ever laughed in my entire life like <laughs> just everything was so funny. I was like, oh my gosh, everything is a joke. Like the whole world is one giant like comedy. It was it was amazing. And my friend was next to me and we were trying, we were like looking at each other and trying not to laugh because you like it affects other people because you're so sensitive to sounds. Mm-hmm. I remember um also crying so so much like just all of these things that I I really wanted to tell family members or friends just like how much I love them or how like a certain thing meant so much to me or like like my girlfriend and I had kind of a bad breakup before I had left Athens not the worst really but like things that just didn't get healed and through that experience like I forgave her and I didn't feel like this big heartache and pain around her. Um, I remember that ayahuasca, I, it was basically we were having a dialogue the whole time. And she 
manifested as like this black woman with short um, hair and was she she was more like motherly at first and then later she was sort of more like someone I'd be attracted to which was interesting the biggest thing that I still take away from that first experience there would be a point where I'd be asking questions and sometimes she would show me the answers. She would be like, like this might not be a thing that people are familiar with, but like when you're with it, it's, it's like, it's not just like, Oh, I took an Advil and now the pain is gone. It's like, Oh, I'm in relationship with this being. It's like, I took this plant and we're together right now. So the way that it manifested for me was like a person being like, hey, let me show you these things. So I realized like I could ask questions like, well, wh what happens with this? And there would be some times where she would tell me things and then other times where she would say, I'm sorry, you're a human. Like you just don't get to know everything. That's just how it is. Wow. And that, That's yeah. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Was there anything that she told you that, like, surprised you? Hmm. Or just, like, really stood out? Um, I'm trying to remember. I'm sure there were. I have these journals of all the experiences, but I don't know where they are right now. Um, the last time I did it was the only time I ever threw up. And actually, I don't, I don't think we need to go into that one. It was kind of a different experience, but that's okay. Um, since you brought up <laughs> vomiting, <laughs> Since uh -huh. you brought it up, <laughs> it's funny because I feel like almost every experience, like psychedelic experience I've had, I feel like at the beginning, the need to get sick and mm. like almost every, almost every, every one. And I don't know if it's the, my body thinks it's poison or if it's me I do get car sickness really easily mm -hmm. uh, and like vertigo type of feelings. And it's almost, mm -hmm. I wonder if me feeling these like escalation and like just how jarring it is um, to not be in that sort of very stagnant, like level human body and being like in this sort of, um, like I don't know this like gyroscope in your brain um I hmm. wonder if it's like me feeling car sick about that or just like the, just the underlying nervousness you know what I mean yeah I mean I'm sure it's definitely that like if you're someone who often gets car sick or feels kind of vertigo-y that definitely would play a factor but I, I also feel like, at least from what I learned in ayahuasca, that, like, in the same way that people say, like, oh, trauma lives in your body. Like, you can do a lot of talk therapy, which is, which is great and helpful, but also some things are just in our bodies. And, like, 
the way we can move energy, like, you know, crying releases cortisol, the stress hormone. So when you're stressed and you cry, you feel better sometimes because it kind of flushes it out. That's sort of one way. Throwing up is one way that you can like move stuck energy. Mm, yeah, that's such a good point. I forgot to like touch on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think for me, crying is sort of my go-to way to relieve stress. That throwing up isn't really easy for me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, In real life, I prefer yeah. like laughing or crying to yeah. <laughs> relieve <laughs> myself of energy, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just something that I find and. I don't know. Uh, I don't want to necessarily feel like I have to be babied. Like the egoic part of me wants to feel as though I am like this lead shaman. Like I've done this millions of times. Like we're just going on another trip. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. we're, we're just, you know, climbing the tree of knowledge. We're just, uh, you know, (laughs) time and time again like I want to egoically be that kind of person Mm -hmm. uh to lead other people but I mean every time I get into like that sort of state and maybe it's just not the right time or not the right you know plant medicine yet that has activated this um but every time I feel like I am a child who needs being like taken care of and not that I want to be taken care of necessarily. I'm just sort of like grasping for any direction. Hmm. (laughs) Um, Like when you're, when you're like, when you've taken a psychedelic, you, you feel like you want to feel more of like a leader, mm -hmm. but that's not what happens like a space holder, but you're saying it doesn't always happen that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, like what, what is a good word for it? Like, like a trip parent, um, or what, what do you call them in like your friend circle? I mean, I know in some people call them trip sitters, but like, Maybe even like a space holder or a facilitator or an anchor that kind of holds the energy down. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like every time I've like done a psychedelic, there's always been somebody in their friend group who has, you know, whether they admit it or not, they are like, you know, they are holding everybody together. And maybe that Mm -hmm. is like the space holder, the anchor, whatever. And I think I want to be that because I feel like I am that in this material realm for a Mm -hmm. lot of different people at different periods of time. But I feel as though it's such a heavy uh, request of myself um, because there's so much that I'm sifting through myself, if that Mm. makes sense. Mm Um. Plus, also, my communication is not the greatest, like, especially with mushrooms. I must feel, uh, I love that phrase you chose, like, noble silence. Like, I've never Mm -hmm. heard that, but that's exactly what it is. It's this, like, you know, my friend would ask me, hey, are you okay? And I just would look in their eyes, and I'm like, 
I have no way to communicate that I'm okay with you. So I just hope they know. Uh-huh. <laughs> I remember like thinking that and just, just like, I have no way to communicate to you right now. So just like, hope I'm okay. And just like, don't freak out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. One thing I always, the one thing I always say whenever I'm tripping with someone, I always preface it with like, okay, everyone, like at any time, if you don't feel okay, just tell me. Like, you don't need to be embarrassed. Just tell me. Mm-hmm. Although you're saying it would be hard for you to maybe say that. But mm-hmm. that I feel like that's what I would want someone to do for me. Because sometimes you can't help it. You can't help mm-hmm. what happens. Yeah. I think the things that that keep me going is the small little – I call them chores. But they're really not chores. It's just the small things <laughs> I get distracted with to pass the time and especially the small little conversations and tangents I get in with people Mm -hmm. um, to feel maybe it's to talk to yourself and feel comfortable or to work things out um, like in a conscious level, if that makes sense. Like you're having your own Hmm. talk therapy with a friend, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But you're inside yourself. You mean, Oh, no, no. Oh, I you're mean, saying like, you're... like, physically talking to a friend. Like, uh-huh. sometimes that is helpful. Um, yeah. I just kind of mean sometimes you do get into those very heavy, like, states. And I haven't figured out how to, like, you know, bring the two together sometimes. But hmm. like I said, yeah. I think maybe it's just not the right time. Maybe I just have not had the right, you know... Uh, plant medicine for it but it's just sort of an idea I guess what's I mean I don't want to label your experiences this but if you're interested like Mm -hmm. what's coming to mind is like maybe you need to have that for you in a bigger way first like someone else kind of holding you like being the space holder and maybe you have experienced that but I th- I think about like some of the facilitators in the group that I had. How mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I wish you luck in the <laughs> integration of that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um. So one thing I wanted to like go back and touch on. Um. So I feel as though. I would love one day to do ayahuasca, but I'm also kind of afraid that with it, with me not actually having knowledge of it being in my like use of my ancestry or like my, uh, like, you know, my passed down culture or anything like that. I feel Mm -hmm. as though, uh, I don't want to use something that is sacred to a different people if I'm not supposed to. Yeah. How how do you feel about that or how do you want to add anything or respond? Um yeah, I mean that's a great point and um I think I'm still figuring that out myself because like I think one way that that can be done is like finding out where the source of the ayahuasca is coming from. Like, is it in a sustainable way? 
because there are some places that is just like taking it from the earth and not really giving back to the community at all. And it's like kind of destroying the area. Um, and being respectful in general, just not really abusing ayahuasca, kind of keeping an eye on that. But to be honest, I felt like there were maybe some spaces of cultural appropriation or just like, I was, you know, doing ayahuasca a lot without like this medicine comes from a culture where like, you know, the, the ways that you would be held after the ceremony would be kind of ingrained in, in your everyday life or like people would have experience too. So they could, you know, like your relatives, they could help you. But it was like, I was going back out into the world and like I needed to have more support. So I haven't really had a relationship with ayahuasca in like, I haven't taken ayahuasca in four years maybe. Mm -hmm. Cause I, I don't really know what to do. Mm-hmm. If that answers your question. Mm, that's so, that's such a good point you bring up about having this like massive life changing experience and then coming back and you're expected to go like, you know, quote unquote back to reality. Mm-hmm. And like, what do you do with all of this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. <sighs> Do you feel as though um, the world as we know it could be um, could be like helpful with these sorts of plant medicines? How, like, okay, let's dare to think. What if um, this all became like um, culturally accepted and not demonized? Mm-hmm. Like, do you think it would help or hurt? I think it would help. I think, first of all, people are already doing psychedelics, whether they're legal or not. And whether, like, no matter... So, I think if it was more accepted, like, it'd be sort of harm reduction. You could have way more information to, like, how to be safe, you know, doing psychedelics. Which would probably prevent a lot of people from... You know, there's a lot of ways that psychedelics can be harmful if you're not careful and, you know, don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just think on on that simple fact, yes. And then also, like, there's a lot of universities that are now finally getting some funding and approval from the government to do, um, like, therapy for people who have, like, some really deep-seated trauma and using psychedelics like to work through these things, like with professionals um, in certain settings. So I really hope that those continue to take off and continue to um, go well and be funded. Um, Plus, like, psychedelics are fun. I've had some of the most connected (laughs) times with, like, my housemates and my friends. Just, like, off-the-wall stuff. Like, one time I did LSD on a beach, and it was just, like, 6 a.m. And, like, 
it was we just kept finding pieces of fruit like on the beach like a, a giant pineapple and then an orange and an apple but we would find one like every 10 minutes and it was like well where did this come from there like it was just the most fun time so heck yeah I think <laughs> everyone should do it not everyone <laughs> but if you want to and it, it feels good <laughs> um do you have any like notable uh stories you want to add hmm Okay, well, tell me what you think as, like, the vibe keeper of this talk. But I actually was <laughs> thinking about sharing one that didn't go well. Oh, okay. I mean, I feel as though uh, with psychedelics, like, anything, you, there there can definitely be, like, this, you know, this up and down. So I feel like it's it would be my responsibility to share like what could happen i guess mm -hmm. um but yeah so should i place a trigger warning here no it wasn't that serious okay okay proceed it was more of like i actually am glad that this happened but that doesn't always happen mm -hmm. i ended up taking mushrooms with some friends in like southwest ohio um we were, it was Memorial Day weekend, so we were all camping, and I wasn't planning on it. We all were, like, drinking this rum, and I was on antibiotics still because I had a, had strep throat, um, and, like, we'd been kind of just eating junk food and stuff, and my friend came later, and he was like, hey, I have some mushrooms. Do you want some? And I was like, yeah, sure. But, um, yeah, it, it was, like, really bizarre at first. Just, like, I was, like, all wobbly and weird. And then it started getting worse. I was, like, so nauseous. So nauseous. I couldn't throw up. Um, and finally, my friend, and I just, like, was in a, like, it was, it was hard just in my mind because it was, like, not fun. It was really painful and, like, I ended up like cuddling with my friend and just he let me cry on him while we were watching. He was like watching the stars. But like through that whole experience, what I kept learning like from the mushrooms was like, you have to take care of your body better. You have to take care of your body better. Like you need to be like drinking less. You need to be like, you know, which might seem obvious that, you know, I, I was drinking it on antibiotics, but it was like I was like 22 or something. So, mm hmm. It stuck with me. Like, it changed me going into my mid-20s, I feel like, to to really see how much more important it is to take care of my body. And I don't think without that trip that I would have realized it so quickly that mm -hmm. it was really important because it wasn't just that trip that that was going to affect my body. It was, like, all the time that's, like, kind of how I would feel. They just kind of amplified what was happening. Mm. So... That's intense. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I wish I could remember some more funny stuff, but that's kind of what stuck with me when I was reflecting on what to share. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
Um, yeah. And that's the thing with trips is they're not always going to be 100% fun all the time. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's some like really heavy things that I guess we need to like be aware of and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any last minute questions for me um, before we wrap up? Um, yeah, I guess just like what, I don't know, what inspired you to start doing these talks or? or... <sighs> um, let me think. Um, <laughs> so I've always been really fascinated with psychedelics and how they have shaped cultures around the world and legends and um everything like that mm-hmm. and if there is one thing i could do um occupation wise that money was not an object i didn't have to worry about getting some sort of like phd in you know ethnobotany whatever would be to study cultures and their uses of psychedelics and including our own um, and how it's sort of like changed us, um, you know, for better or worse. Mm. And I think that, I don't know, I find myself with friends a lot of the time, like just asking about, just curious about how everybody's experiences on the individual level, um, like how they happen for them. Like what make, what do they bring up for them? Like, do they have similarities with other people? Mm. Are they pretty unique? Um, do they have common themes to all of them or just to that person? Um, in the different feelings that you get from these um, from these plant medicines, um, or, you know, even synthetic hallucinogens. I feel like, uh, (laughs) I had this idea in my head for so long where it's like, oh, only plant-based, you know, psychedelics. But now that I'm thinking about it, uh, maybe in some instances it might be more ethical to have synthetic, um, psychedelics so that, other plant medicines can stay like in existence Mm. and be, um, you know, not over harvested or, um, maybe it would be taking advantage of like a certain like culture or reservation if we like only sought that certain thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I don't really know much about like pharmaceuticals and all of that. Like, will there be one day like a Walmart version of shrooms? I have no idea. I'm kind of, I hope not. I know part of me is kind of like, that sounds like a terrible idea, but part of me is like, that could also be a a great idea. Um, Like in terms of accessibility. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Yes. So not only accessibility, but also um, that just that experience, bringing that experience to anybody. And, you know, this sort of like, um, you know, those sensory deprivation tanks that people will use. Mm -hmm. So a lot of like companies like 
um, let's use Google for an example. I don't know if it's true for them, but I know that like several big corporate companies were putting them in uh, their office buildings so that, you know, if you were on your lunch or after work, before work, whatever, you could go use them um, and, you know, sort of take care of yourself, come back to yourself and then feel much more present at work. That was the idea. But what they found was the more that these sensory deprivation tanks were being used by the employees, um, the more employees had realizations of, I don't really want to work here anymore. Whoa. Like, yeah, yeah. So I feel as though Hmm. um, these psychedelics would almost serve as a similar purpose. Um, People sort of realizing, wow, (laughs) all of this stuff that I'm putting in my body Mm-hmm. This meaningless job that I attend to, this corporate, like capitalistic, capitalistic mechanism that I keep falling for, it does not actually serve me as much as I, you know, thought it did. Yeah. 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 I'm not sure if they will ever be like, like Portugal. I think it's Portugal has, um, All all drugs are legal. Mm. Interesting. I wish I could share more, but I forget. So what you're saying is like, I don't know if the government would make that happen because I think you're right. You would be like, oh, I don't like the government. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think that that's a huge basis of why... I think cannabis is still federally illegal and illegal in so many other places is Mm -hmm. it was not only this wrench in the cotton industry because uh, hemp was so much more sustainable, easier to grow. Um, You could use it for anything. You could literally use it for like, um, like bedding for horses and also be, yeah, be growing this, um, amazing like cbd oil thc you know you name it like that plant can provide synthetic plastic that's sustainable and biodegradable um but i think the reason that it got you know canceled so early on is because the kings of the cotton industry saw that um really early on and they're like yeah no that's gonna ruin my million dollar machine Mm. Mm-hmm. So I think it's part of that. It also was uh, definitely used as a racial tool to keep people um, under oppression and separate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, just on the individual level, it it makes people feel good about themselves and that they don't need the, to buy these things to feel good. You know, it really, I feel like it separates you from this, capitalistic world that we're so like you know force fed yeah it kind of like breaks the matrix a little yeah 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 glitches in the matrix and it's like it brings people together the whole and that's so funny that that um it's not funny at all that we're in this pandemic (laughs) and the way that we uh, like you know interact with other people is like, you know, even if I'm around like coworkers and stuff, like it's instead of just instinctually rolling up a joint and smoking it with a circle, you have to ask yourself, okay, is this, 
you know, ethically immoral or should we all have our own? And Mm -hmm. does that take away from the cultural experience of sharing this, you know? Mm -hmm. So I hope that answered your question. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like an amazing inquiry. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I'm, I'm hoping in the long run that, maybe other people's like trips like combining them will sort of connect the dots but if not this is still really fun and fascinating Mm -hmm. like especially being a gemini moon i like (laughs) just sit down with popcorn and i'm just like ready to hear more like what's next what's next so awesome well thank you so much for like (laughs) doing this with me i feel honored this is fun Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. And I would love to have you back eventually. Yeah. I'm sure I could drum up totally different tales. Yeah. Yeah. Start, start looking for the journals and planning (laughs) ahead and we'll do it. I will. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Abby. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you, Allison. No problem. Have a good night. Thanks. You too. Mm Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening. If you want to follow Abby on social media, you can find them at fluid.forest.friend on Instagram. If you're looking to follow me for any future updates for the show, You can find me at Ethereal Odyssey on Instagram as well. Or if you'd like to be considered for a part of the show as an interview, send me an email at theetherealodyssey at gmail.com. All lowercase, all one word. And if you feel so inclined, definitely leave me a review or rating so I can get this podcast out to as many people that need to hear it as possible. Thanks again.